We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, what's going on, everybody? How you doing? Welcome to another episode of Talking Buffalo, part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you, as always, for locking in video side, audio side. It is Tuesday, and I'll tell you what, man, it's been a it's been a hot minute since I've had my buddy <laughs> Joe Yerdon on. Of course, Joe, creator of Noted Hockey. Uh, Co-host of the Maintenance Day podcast, along with Lance Lazowski from the Buffalo News. Mm-hmm. I was looking it up, and we were talking for a few minutes before I uh, started rolling the tape here. It's been a month since you've been on, yeah. and it doesn't feel like it just because there's been so much that's went on. From uh, You were on the West Coast. You went to Arizona and L- mm-hmm. or Vegas mm-hmm. um, with the Sabres a couple weeks ago. And then, of course, we had the Blizzard. Mm-hmm. And then last week, we were set to tape a show after the Bills Bengals game, but you know, Demar Hamlin, the uh, the incident happened and we just mm-hmm. felt it was wildly inappropriate to even attempt to do a podcast, mm-hmm. which was the right call. But anyway, yeah. man, it's been a it's been a while, man. How you doing? Yeah, doing good. It's uh it's been it's been busy. Like it's weird because like it it's been super busy on the Saber side for a thousand reasons. Um but also like like going out west on a whim was uh was a pretty good idea because it turned out I saw a, a couple awesome games uh, in Arizona and certainly in Vegas. Uh, some great, great play from them out west. I, I missed out on the Colorado game, which would have been cool too because I love going to Denver. But, uh, but hadn't been to Arizona in about uh, ten years, eleven years, about that. So, and I w- was dying to see Mullet Arena. Was absolutely dying to see the place. Wanted to see what it was like because you know, college hockey's my roots, man. And the Coyotes playing there. A lot of people are just like, oh, this is so, this is pathetic. They move the team, blah, 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 all that stuff. I'm like, dude, think about what you're talking about. It's a, it's a rink the size of like Harbor Center, a little bit bigger than Harbor Center. And you're watching NHL regular season games and you're no further than 12 rows away from the ice. Yeah. Come on. Like, tell me that's not the dream. <laughs> like, it's a 5,000 seat place. They're still selling beer and food. There's like a club section with like all you can eat stuff. Like, it's great. It's great. It was awesome. It was very cool to be there. Vegas. Holy smokes. I'd never been to Vegas before. Never. That was, so that was your first, first time. time. And it was sensory overload for, for every, like for everything. I mean, the game itself was great. Um, I, you know, obviously Sabres win. So that's, that's, it's good to cover a happy, you know, a happy team that you're covering. Sure. Um, but like the arena, like T-Mobile arena is incredible. Just a, a fantastic facility. The whole, the pregame show that they do for everything is awesome. Like it's the lights, it's the music, it's, you know, the, the different little things they do to kind of, 
to to make it very Vegas. Like the uh, the Sabers, the the visiting team end of the ice, they have showgirls uh, around the glass for warmups to be distracting. So yeah, <laughs> they're just like they're there. They're you know some of them are pounding on the glass. They're you know dancing like whatever. I'm just kind of like that's. That's that's sneaky. <laughs> I've never I've never I've never been to Vegas and this was your first time. I was yeah. going to ask you about that, too. And we're going to talk plenty Bills and Sabres here sure. in just a couple of minutes. But, you know, so I was thinking because I, I knew you were going. We had talked and I'm like, all right, well, from a hockey standpoint, might have lost a little bit of his luster because there was no Jack Eichel playing this game. I'm talking, you yeah. know, specifically for Buffalo, but still mm-hmm. what an exciting game to go to. And just oh, yeah. regardless, man, Vegas is Vegas. Yeah. Hustle and bustle, busy, the lights. Dude, I can only imagine. I've never been there. Uh, Vegas is is unreal. And the day I got there was the day the Raiders were playing the Patriots at Allegiant, at Allegi- or uh, whatever the hell the name of the stadium. I don't know. Whatever. Vegas is football stadium. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know who, who the hell, where were the sponsor? I don't care. It's, it's, the, it's the Vegas Raiders stadium, like whatever. Right. And like I get there that day and I was like, oh, maybe I can, maybe I can get, snag a ticket to the game. That'd be kind of cool. You know, see a game there. Like I could have walked. You know, I could have walked to the stadium. Like it wasn't too far from where I stayed at the Excalibur or uh, yeah, Excalibur. So old, old casino hotel. Like it's one of the old ones. Like on the strip, anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, and like my only comparable to it is that it's like a twenty-seven floor uh, comfort inn. That's with with a casino on the on the ground floor. Um, but it was. Uh, but I so I look up tickets, ticket prices. I was like, ah, this is, you know, Raiders stink, Patriots stink. Like, well, it's got it. Prices could be pretty good. No, no, two hundred fifty bucks was like the cheapest ticket. I'm like, I am not. Eesh. I am not paying two hundred fifty bucks to watch that. To watch the Raiders. Turns Patriots out, game? turns out I should have because that game turned out insane. Oh yeah, it did. That's right. Because that was the uh, the. Uh, you know, uh, the, for whatever reason, the the uh, what was it? Jacoby Myers tries to lateral back to uh, Stevenson. Uh, like, like the game's tied, and he tries to lateral back, and then they, you know, uh, what's his face? Uh, Mac Jones gets stiff armed by the guy, the Raider guy who got the ball and ran it in to win the game. <laughs> Would have been hilarious, but that's not that's not worth two hundred fifty bucks to me. Now you know it's crazy too. You mentioned that play, and it gets me thinking all the time. Where it's like when you have a a season it's like all right well it's just one game and these things matter at the end now they would not have won the game there if that didn't happen necessarily it goes to overtime right but if they win that game and they're going in the week um last you know just sunday against the bills they're in the playoffs right you know that 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 game cost i don't want to say that game cost them the playoffs if they would have won that in overtime just like with the bills i go back to mm-hmm. uh you know 13 and three is nothing to sneeze at and being the number two seed. And again, we're talking plenty about this, just a few, but I go back to that Vikings game and blowing a three score lead in the second half. And mm-hmm. if Josh Allen handles two snaps from, from Mitch Morris, and takes a knee, the, the bills are the number one seed right now. And they're not, we're not even talking about a game coming up this week. Just yeah, those little things are in the season stuff either, you know, like you do right. worry about it. Yeah. Right. So, you know, it's just crazy that well, sometimes they're in the middle or some part of a season where you're like, well, it's just a game. It's just one of 17. Well, they all matter and it comes back to bite you when things yeah. like that happen. I forgot yeah. you were or you were at least in town when that happened. That's right. That was nuts, you man. You don't have to tell me about that. The How, how did the Lions lose the tiebreaker? They couldn't <laughs> stop the stupid Seattle Seahawks from scoring points on them repeatedly. Yeah, like what week three, four, whatever it was, like week two, I don't know. But like losing a forty-eight, forty-five game to Seattle, who doesn't score points, can't do it. Like, you yeah. can't, like that's you know, there were other games obviously in their season where it's like, nah, they probably shouldn't have lost that one. But like that, that's the one that actually kills them. You know, like they had the same record as Seattle. 
finish finish great. You know, stuff happens. Like that's. I, I need to remind people because it's been a month now since Joe's yeah. been on that. We say it all the time. Joe is a Bills watcher. Joe is a Detroit Lions fan. I'm not gonna lie, man. Other other than you, there may not have been another person around here anyway that I know that wanted Detroit <laughs> to get in the playoffs more than me. Uh, that Seattle Rams game because the Lions needed Seattle to lose. Game. That was gut wrenching. And again, I'm not even That's... a Lions fan. I just I've come to to enjoy watching them and I. Respect what they're doing right now. Fucking Baker Mayfield. I mean, that Rams receiver was open deep in overtime. They so the um the Rams are or I'm sorry, Seattle gets the ball to start overtime. They force a punt. Um, the Rams get the ball. I, I can't remember who who the receiver was. It, it, it's the name's escaping me. But anyway, whoever it was was goddamn open. And mm-hmm. Baker is the second leg getting the ball, and he's got too much air under it. And then the Seattle guy Diggs ends up intercepting the ball. And then Seattle goes on to win, but man, Baker yeah. Mayfield's shitty ass trash bag. <laughs> that guy was open, hit him, and you're talking about the Detroit Lions being a playoff team right now, man. Yeah, it's you know, I mean, listen, there's there's so there's too many of those things where I can just be like, oh god, you know, why, you know, cursed team, all the blah blah blah, whatever. I I I could I could do that. I could yell about that forever, but you know what? They did their job yesterday. They did like, everything that was within their control. They took care of. Like, yeah, that's that's what I that's what oh, I can I can take away. So and, much credit to them. Like, so much credit to them. You know that that was a game they could have just rolled over and said whatever, just screw it, who cares? Yeah. Like, they didn't get the playoffs. This stinks. Uh, I thought they would for next year. No, I would I would have bet big on Green Bay after Seattle uh, won that game. Uh, mm-hmm. But Detroit, to their credit, the right mentality to just bounce back and then. Knock out Green Bay. I mean, I, I thought I thought they would be so dejected and uh, lay a stinker. Campbell made it. Campbell said it perfect. He said something: "If we can't be in the playoffs, we're going to make sure Green Bay. We're going to knock them out." Yep. And he did, and and that's what probably made me more happy than anything because, like you, yeah, I just fucking hate Green Bay. Yeah, so I really do. Funny. Which is funny. I grew up, <laughs> not grew up, but when I was younger, I liked the Packers. Man, I liked the tradition of them. Mm-hmm. I liked Brett Favre as a player. He was exciting. You know, before the tail end of his career, when we started to learn what kind of person, Creep. human being yeah. he is, right, that we've learned a lot more through the years. But as a football player, Brett Favre was fun as hell to watch. So I was a Packers fan. Yeah, I just don't like Aaron Rodgers. I never really liked him as a human, and now I despise him as a human being. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he might be one of the few players in the history of sports where I've ever said, dude tears his ACL, I'm not going to be sad about it. Let's just put it that way, okay? That's yeah. how much I hate this guy as a human being. And, uh, to see Detroit go out there on the road, ejected yep. minutes after knowing that they're out of the playoffs and still treat that game like a playoff game. I just think that's testament to the character of that team. And oh yeah, they're, a, they're an ascending football team. To my credit, by the way, if you've been listening and watching the show all season, I think I was kind of a little more you, optimistic about the Lions than you for a good chunk yeah. of this year. Yeah, no, you've been on the band. Listen, I... I am bandwagon too. I've, I've, I've been through a lot of crap with this team. Sure, I like I even still like how this this final week played out. I predicted this weeks ago. I said that Seattle games get that Seattle loss is going to cost them because I because I'm looking up and down at like the the other potential wild card teams and I'm looking I'm like ooh well you know if they you know Green Bay they can beat them that'll take care of that you know Giants Commanders like eh, hopefully they stay out of the mix like whatever. Um, but then I look and saw Seattle had the same record as them. I'm like, nope, that's the one. That's yeah. the one that's going to cost them. And 
I hate being right in that situation, but it's like, it's, you know, it's the lion's fate accompli. Like that's, that's just what happens. That that's their life. That's their existence. That's how things go. But this was such a positive end to this, like eight and two, the last 10 games of the season. And Do even you? still, think they should have beat the bills. Like that's a game. Oh, they, absolutely. Another they game they should have won. They should have beat the bills. I admit that. One game. And that's it's that annoying because the bills are really good. And like, you can't get too upset about it. Cause again, the bills are really good. Allen was kind of crappy for most of the game, except when he needed to make a big play and he did. And then, you know, lines do make some dumb penalties, do whatever, hand the game away. But you know, it, it's that that's, that's a, it's an inexperienced team. That's a team that's, you know, that ha- it isn't usually in those spots, you know, and, and listen, they've learned so much stuff through the year. And that includes Campbell. Because Campbell's, he's made some decisions this year where you're just kind of like, dude, what? Do you, why, why'd you do that? And then after the game, he's like, "That's me. I, that's my bad. I'm, you know, that I made that mistake, and I, you know, I own up to it to the guys. That's on me." Like any coach that does that, where he just, he's just like, "Yeah, no, man, I, you know, tried it, failed, didn't do it, won't do it again." Like he's, like that's just what he does, and that's why, that's why I'm positive about this group because. You know, it started with last season. Like, you know, last year they go well, like what 13, 3, 13, and one. And it's like, oh boy, here we go again. And it's like, but the end of the, but like, you know, they started off like what, 0 and 8, something like some trash like that. They started off horrible. And, you know, they beat Minnesota to finally get off the Schneid. And then it was like, oh, okay. Then they played pretty well at the end of the year. And you're like, oh, well, where the hell was this all season? And then yeah. you know, start off slow again this year. Dude, and, even from the get-go this year, you and I talked about it. Like their offense was incredible. Like, you know, they put up a ton of points. They could run the ball all over the place. And then it was just like, well, if Goff can figure it out, then, Hey, maybe they got something. Well, then he figured it out. You know, teams started thinking like, well, they're going to run on us. So we can't let that happen. And then Goff just became a very solid quarterback. Just a guy that took care of the ball. Didn't turn it over. Like he turned over the, like he had two turnovers. I think like the last 10, 11 weeks of the season, whatever it was. I like that's been his that's been his you know Achilles heel for you know ever since that Super Bowl season with the Rams like he just was an interception machine fumble machine and then he stopped like it just stopped happening and it's like yeah. oh okay cool I it's definitely, weird I, it, it's it's very weird to have the Lions season end and I'm kind of like man let's get to next year let's do this Let, let's let's see what the, let's see where this goes now there's some kind of parallels in a way to the, the Bills of 2017 and, and here's what I mean by that not necessarily uh the talent on the field or what the record was. The mm-hmm. point being is like you said earlier this year, you're just so conditioned to this team being not good that you had no expectation. Now you see how they finish and you, you know that this team can play with the better teams in the league. Now going in the next year, I guarantee you that you're going to have higher expectations oh, as absolutely. you should be. By the mm-hmm. way, this is a team that's in the top 12 in cap space for this offseason. This is a team that's got not just one, but two draft picks in the top mm-hmm. 18, including the sixth overall pick. Yep. Um, they got, they got one of the best young offensive lines in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Aiden Hutchinson is the real deal. And by the way, you talk about the Detroit Lions offense being good all year. Guess what? Jameson Williams is a stud, and he just started to get unleashed a little bit well, he just, near he, the end. He was of the finally season. healthy. Like that, he was out right. of the ACL. Like the what whole a draft season. that's going to turn out to be for them if these guys can stay healthy between Hutchinson and Williams, both of those guys yeah, in the man. first round. So, yeah, and there's a lot to be optimistic for if, if yeah. you're a, a Detroit Lions fan. And back to your point about the Bills. They, sh- they should have beat the Bills. I- yeah. I'll say this, though. The Bills are a good team, and I think the Bills kind of – they made plays to take it away. But as yeah. somebody who is been- hates the Miami Dolphins like I do, I go back to early in the year when the, the um, Detroit 
the offense was just running a rough shot over the Miami defense early on, but they couldn't hold that lead. That yep. came back to hurt him. You know, Tua I got a tweet. Tua had, Tua had a big game that day. He did. Too, which was very, he did. He it's, did. A, it's annoying, but like, you know, two is good. I know yeah. nobody wants to hear that, but two is good. I mean, Miami did everything to try to ruin his career this year, so you know whatever. But well, they do. They might not be done trying to ruin his career before before true. this, before this week's over. We'll see how that plays out. Let me read you a tweet because I thought this was interesting about a bottom feeder from last year. Uh, Zachary Emmett tweeted this out: "Is the teams with the top two picks in last year's draft, the Jaguars and the Lions, just eliminated last year's top two seeds, the Titans and the Packers, on back-to-back mm-hmm. nights in prime time." to both finish the year with running records. And in the case of the Jaguars, they're in the playoffs. They won their division. And with Detroit, like I said, just one bounce of a football probably away or or one Baker Mayfield not being a shit quarterback throw away from being in the playoffs. So it goes to show you, like in the NHL. Against the Eagles week one where it's like, don't do that. Right. You cover the NHL. You cover hockey. You write about hockey all the time. And it's like rebuilds are slow burns for the most part. Yeah. With hockey, you know, it don't happen in a year or even two mm-hmm. years, but that's proof in the NFL. Literally, the teams with the top two picks in the draft last year, both had winning records this year. One of them were in the playoffs and one of them should have been. That's the way the NFL works. It's bam, bam. You can turn things around yeah. quickly. And, you know, for in Jacksonville's case, they had top picks, what, two years in a row two, or two of the last three years? Yeah. Because they picked Lawrence. What was, that was two years ago, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 yeah, so three, I, you know, yeah this was, no, this was his second year. So actually, he's back to back years then. Yeah. So this I, was only Trevor Lawrence's second season in the league, right? Yeah. I, yeah. 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 So, yeah, so yeah. two years in a row, they, you know, top pick. And, like, listen, that, that they're their own thing. Like, everybody knows Jacksonville's kind of a mess. They're kind of, they're always weird. Jacksonville's always weird. And like, Lawrence didn't look great against Tennessee, but like, Still won. That's the thing. Like, guy can look like crap and still win. But yeah, you know, I'm Lawrence. I don't know. Lawrence is weird because one week he looks awesome and you're like, wow, this dude's for real. Then the next week he's like 15 for 45 and like, you know, overthrowing everybody and throwing a couple picks. And you're like, what the hell's wrong with this guy? Yeah. But, um, but yeah, like, I, I, you know, listen, Detroit had been bad for, you know, but has been bad for so long. And like, they've always had high draft picks. And it was just like, they did nothing with them. Or they pick guys that were idiots, or you know, or you get a moron like Matt Millen drafting a receiver for three straight seasons, and they were all, all three guys had problems. You know, just I mean, like off field issues. Like you know, Charles Rogers was was heavy into heavy into drugs, and not even like not even like dangerous drugs. He was in a bit. He was big into weed, but of course, you know, the NFL punishes weed like it was you know, like it's a you know, federal crime. But like here, uh, yeah, right. So and then, you know, Mike Williams was you know. Not in shape. Mike Williams should have been one of the best receivers ever. Like ever. that dude at USC was he was incredible. He was, he was so great. good, but he just couldn't stay. Didn't stay in shape. Didn't want to stay in shape. And then it was like, oh, he's a tight end now. And I'm like, nah, that's not going to last. And then what's this? Uh, then Roy Williams. You know, Roy Williams is pretty good, but what? you know, but then your quarterback stinks. You know, Joy Harrington wasn't good. So, and that's another top pick where it's like, oops, drop the ball there. That that you know, Harrington probably should have been good, but he was college good. He wasn't pro yeah. good. You had uh before we talk bills here. You uh covered obviously the Sabers, and before we started taping, you were telling me about a a football related interaction you had with uh, Casey yeah. Middlestad after practice today. What was that about? Well, well, he's uh, Casey's from Minnesota, and he's a big Vikings fan. So is so is Kyle Pozo too. Um, and so uh, you know, and I've been talking with the you know talk to those guys about football because we're the you know the NFC North fans, you know, in the in the area and. He's all kinds of he's all kinds of like nervous about the Vikes because he's he's like he's like man they're really good this year 
really liked how they're playing. You know, Cousins was really good. He's like, he's like, I don't worry about him. Their offense is awesome, but the defense is a little, eh. And I'm like, and I told him, I said, I said, the Vikings can either go to the Super Bowl or they're going to lose the Giants in week one. He's like, yeah, no, that's exactly, <laughs> that's, that's, that, that, that's totally what they are though. He's, he's like, but he's like, but if they get hot, like they can go, like, he's like, they can score points is the thing. He's like, they can. Good. Jefferson's good. Like they can score. He's like, cousins is playing fine. Like I like him. It's, it's, it, and it's, it's weird. And I go, I go, well, what if they end up playing Buffalo in the Super Bowl? And he's like, well, I'd actually like to see that. I go, would you, would you really? And he's, he's like, oh, well, come on. You know, you know, I'm playing here. Like, they, you know, the owners own the same team. So I'd be happy if they won. But, you know, if the Vikes win it, I'd be happy too. But I can't, he's like, I can't lose. But I'm like, come on, <laughs> Casey, come on. And he's, he's like, no, 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 I'm serious. He's like, but it's kind of tough around here. I got to say, you know, I'm a Vikings fan, but I got to kind of keep it, keep it buttoned up because I can't really, <laughs> can't really root about them too hard because it's, you know, it's Bill's town. So I'm yeah. sure there's lots of guys in that room and, you know, bandits and, and these other teams too, that are fans of oh, sure. other teams besides the bills. And unfortunately for him, it's not the off season. So he can't disappear. Yeah. And, you know, every for the Vikings, he does that. He wears a Minnesota Vikings hat. He's going to get murdered. Yeah. In, well, I mean, like at least, at least, Good thing for him. It's a team in the other conference and they play each other once every four years. So it's like, you know, whatever you don't, when it comes to Vikings bills, anyways, it's like, you don't have to worry about it too much, but now it's playoffs and it's like, well, there's the possibility they could wind up (laughs) facing each other in the Super Bowl, which would have a thousand storylines to it. You know, two Oh and four historical teams in the Super Bowl. Somebody's got to get one. Somebody's somebody's going on five. You know, it's, it's it's like the, the historical pressure to that is, is something else, but it's cool. Like, I, I don't know. It's nice to, just having being able to have those conversations with guys alone is is pretty cool because you know it's it's you're not talking hockey. You're talking about something totally else that we're that we're both like you know we're fans. You know, we're fans of something else. Like we can allow ourselves to be fans of that because you you work in sports. It can be a little tough to be fans of of other things. I know I know for players it's a little different because you know it's not like. You know, uh, you know, if they grew up fans of some hockey team when they were kids, it's like, well, you know, they put that that gets put away <laughs> when you become when you become a player. Right. League. But you know, when it comes to other sports, obviously they got they they have fandom. You know, they got fandom. Like you know, Matias Samuelson's a big Eagles guy. You know, he's grew up in Philly, so like that's you know, there's things like that where you know guys have their ties. And I, you know, obviously in the past you had Eichel being a big Patriots fan, and everybody's like, what do you do about the Bills? And it's like, well, you know, I hope they do okay, but you know, listen, my loyalties are you know, where my loyalties lie. So it's, you know, it's things like that where, you know, you have guys where it's just kind of like, you know, whatever, but, uh, but yeah, but, but, you know, shooting the, shooting the crap with these guys about football. It's, it's kind of cool. And Casey, you know, loves the Vikes. So does, so does Kyle. Kyle loves the Vikes too. So it's, it's, it's nice. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sports fans who like to wager, which is pretty much everyone these days, I'm here to tell you about Odds Trader, the number one site for all your game day bets. If you're looking for a one-stop space on these interwebs to compare odds, Live up to the minute, look no further than Odds Trader. Why is Odds Trader so valuable to you? Well, for starters, it's the perfect place to compare betting odds and lines from all the major sports books. Why does it matter? Well, it matters because if you're liking a team, you want to throw down some cash on them, you're getting your choice of what's getting you the best odds, the best lines. It's a chance to find the highest payouts if you're betting the underdogs or profiting the most if you're going to go with the favorites. Odds Trader also allows you to compare all the different sign-up codes and promos from the sports books to get the best deal out there for you. If that's not enough, the Odds Trader app gives you the player stats, key game stats, injury reports, projected game day weather, which could be a huge thing to know in certain situations. Odds Trader also has a bet tracker so that you can keep records of all your games that you have wagers on and all your betting activity. Simply put, Odds Trader gives you quite literally everything you need to make the most informed bets humanly possible. If you're into betting on sports games, any sport, by the way, make sure you go to oddstrader.com slash blue wire. Again, that's oddstrader.com slash blue wire. Odds Trader, the number one site for all your game day bets. All right, back here with Joe Yurden. Let's uh, kind of switch gears here that, you know, the narrative sometimes they can be so overstated and, and overrated, but when it comes to Buffalo, everything that this city has been through over the last year, I don't think you can overstate it or understate it. I should say enough. It's just crazy, man. You so, you know, the, the, the Jefferson tops shooting, just such a, a horrible dark time in the, in the history of, of, of this city, uh, six feet of snow, very early into the yeah. wintery season. I don't even say winter because it wasn't even winter. Wintery like season. Day of winter, basically. Yeah. That happened. It forced a, a game to be real relocated against Cleveland to Detroit. Uh, they returned to Detroit a week later for Thanksgiving. And the guy that they threw boatloads of money at, Vaughn Miller, tears his ACL. And, you know, he's out for the season. The kind of guy that they really wanted for this time mm-hmm. of year right now. So they lose him. Uh, and then, of course, the blizzard of 2022, it kills over 40 people. I mean, people literally freezing to death in their cars on Christmas mm-hmm. Eve. And Christmas is just so sad and so tragic. And then Monday night, you know, to see a, a good young football player and by all accounts, an awesome human being go mm-hmm. down like that and quite literally nearly lose his life on a football field, man. It's like. The narrative in this case is true where, you know, every city goes through hard times and every organization has adversity. But, I mean, this is just a lot to put on a plate in in one year, less than one calendar year. It's just, uh, it's just crazy. I thought the Bills were going to be going into this game on Sunday uh, football-wise. They'd be on some adrenaline high, the emotion, the crowd was really going to lift them up. But then I was concerned as the game went on that, you know, they, uh, 
that this long week would weigh on them. And which, by the way, to an extent, I do think I was right. The Bills win the game 35 23. But, you know, quite frankly, I thought the Bills were by and large kind of outplayed by New England for big chunks of the game. The difference was the big plays, you know, the game changing plays that. The Bills dominated the big plays, and that's why they won by two scores. You had two kick returns by Naeem Hines. Uh, the 42-yard bomb to John Brown, what a sensational catch that was, by the way. Uh, the 49-yard bomb to Stephon Diggs. Then you had three interceptions on defense. Because mm-hmm. the, the Patriots moved the ball well. The Patriots had three yeah. touchdown drives of at least 74 yards. But again, the Bills got three turnovers on defense. and So the big plays were the difference. I, I think like I said, I think they were hopped up on adrenaline and emotion, and you know it was tough to get through that game. A lot of credit to them just for that. What a what a, just what a crazy week, Joe, man. Yeah, that's a, that's an intense. That's a lot of stuff through the week because you because the week starts with you know you're you're going you're sorting through everything that happened. Obviously, you know you're hoping you know everything with Hamlin works out. You know he gets better, things improve, and then as the you know the days went on, he got better each and every day. And then you get to the end of the week and it's, you know, he's, he's FaceTiming with the guys and, you know, his conditions getting better, you know, seemingly by the hour. And you're like, okay, is like Friday. It felt like everything settled down. Right? Yeah. You know, everything was finally like, okay, this is a good, like there was a good, there's a very good update on Thursday, obviously. And you're like, okay, this is, this is going in the right direction. But then, you know, he's able to talk, he's able to communicate with everybody, you know, and he's feeling good and all the, all the stuff that goes into that. So, uh, I know it was at that point when you know when we found out that he was talking, he FaceTime with the team on Friday. We're just kind of like, there's zero chance the Bills lose this game. There's like there's very little chance that they lose that game just because the the whole situation was set up in a perfect for him. Um, but I mean, you know, listen, it it's natural to have like kind of like a a letdown of sorts just because that's so many emotions to go yeah. through. Yeah. It's just, it's a full on roller coaster where it's, it's worry. It's, it's sadness. It's worry. It's, you know, and the worry part's the worst part of it because you're just, you're just like, you say, I just want to be okay. Just be healthy, get better, man. Like all the whole thing, because you know, guys in critical condition, like that's scary. That's scary stuff. And you know, you get to the end of the week and it's like, yeah, he's still in critical, but like now he's communicating with everybody. Now it's, now you feel better about it. It's like, you know, you know, everything that they're checking on him health wise is, is it feels like it's in a better place. You know, he's tweeting out, you know, he tweets out after night, it runs a touchdown back. He's OMFG. Yeah. Like that's basically what everybody else said too. (laughs) Watching that happen. But um, it's only natural to kind of have like that, that comeback. And, you know, listen, it, Everybody hates the Patriots. I get it. You know, nobody, it's hard to have a respect for him because, you know, Mac Jones isn't a great quarterback, but Belichick still knows how to prepare his guys. And they came out pretty well prepared and they still, they were able to do things against the Bills defense, which looks like a real big problem going into the playoffs. Uh, But they were able to run against them. Jones was able to make a few nice plays. Um, And, you know, they, the game was a little tight for a while where you're just kind of like, I don't know, man, they got to get a stop, but you know, you get some, you get a couple picks, you're good. Make some play, make some other plays, get in the end zone. You know, the, the play to Brown, I love because the, the play before that looked horrible because it looked like some like playground play. We were talking, talking about this. When my buddies watched the game. We're like they look like some playground play where it's like, just get it together guys. And then the next play is almost exactly a playground play where Alan, Alan rolls out and he's just, he points to Brown. He's just like, just run, just run to the yeah. back, of the, like run all the way. And I'll just get underneath it. Like that's, that's all you got to do. So 
you know, things like that. And, you know, the, the, the pass to the digs was great. I mean, that's just a super throw. Uh, and, you know, you know, Patriots tried, tried, they didn't work out that well, but, uh, but I just that, don't think they had the talent. I don't think yeah, sometimes you gotta, you gotta have the Johnnies and the Joes at the end of the day. And I just sure. don't think they're quite there yet, but I no. give them a lot of credit. They, they certainly, uh, they came to play and then given all this stuff. And to your point, ain't nobody in the world thought the Patriots are going to win this game. Nobody. I kind of find it humorous. I was watching. So right at noon, the pregame shows, I was flipping back and forth between CBS and Fox. And mm-hmm. I, I was listening or watching Fox and, it was like they weren't even now. Like Jimmy Johnson just said straight out, like the Patriots ain't winning, they're gonna win this because they were talking about playoff <laughs> possibilities. And you're like, well, the Patriots ain't gonna win this game. So, you know, they also they had a better chance of Miami and Pittsburgh I, both losing to I get in the, than they uh, did to beat the Bills. I but, saw the I was watching some of the CBS pregame. I caught that you know right before the game started. And they had like each guy in the panel make the case for for each one of those teams that get in the playoffs. And poor Nate Burleson had to make the case for New England. He's like, well, if they do this, they do this, they could, you know, they could they could absolutely get and I'm like, dude, they're not doing either of those things. What did what did you either think of those of, things happening? What did you th- I, know, I know you saw at least some of it anyway. Ron, mm-hmm. I'm not even just talking about Buffalo, around the league, a lot of uh mm-hmm. really nice pregame tributes. Yeah. To Demar from people wearing jer- his jersey to warm up, so a lot of love mm-hmm. for Demar t-shirts, uh, painting the the three on the football field, to yeah. just ceremonies before the game. It was uplifting, and I'll tell you, it was. I can't remember who said it. I'm, I wish I could give the proper credit. I think it might have been somebody from Fox um, TV, but mm-hmm. the the statement was kind of like it was a tragedy that turned into a, a triumph for the human spirit, and that is really what it felt like because there were times this week where. A couple, because I really did, Joe. I'm not going to lie, man. And I talked about this already a couple times on the show over the last week. I got really emotional when that happened Monday, and I could never oh, yeah. kind of put my finger on it. Why? I know a big part of it was just seeing the players' reactions and how stunned and, and hurt they were. Mm-hmm. It was just, I don't know. I took it for some reason just really hard seeing that. And uh, I think this whole, it just, it felt good. Forget about football or the Bills, just fans all over the world kind of just rallying around this guy. Mm-hmm. And it's just like anything else. Like when something tragic happens, the silver lining is always, you see the community come together. Like as horrific as the top shooting was seeing the community come together, even for a short time, because you know, ultimately it's going to become all about, you know, gun control politics and all mm-hmm. these other fights. And that always comes The blizzard. Same deal. You know, you're talking about all mm-hmm. these heroes and all these great stories. And then you got other aspects. I don't even want to talk about, but for this week, it was just great. There was unity, like legit, true unity. Like everybody was on the same side. Everybody's praying for this guy. Everybody was rooting him on. The New York Post of all places, I, I thought had the perfect headline. It was a picture of him and it said America's son. That's kind of what it felt like. Yeah. Like he was America's son. Like everybody was rooting for him. It was very uplifting to uh to see everything this week between fans and raising money and all that all week long, and then yeah. the players on Sunday. And then, of course, the Highmark Stadium. I mean, that was yeah, that was something else. That, was, that, that touchdown, that Joe, that kickoff return, that opening <laughs> kick, man, that felt didn't feel like I was like, I had the biggest smile in the world. And I know yeah. a lot of Bills fans did. A lot of fans just did. Period. I was like, oh man, yeah, this is fate, ain't it? Yeah, yeah. I was, I was, I was laughing hysterically. Honestly, I was, I was like, oh, this is, this is, it was laughing because it's, 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 it's the perfect way, just you know, to. Not it's not putting a bow on the story, but to kind of be like, okay, everything's good, everything yeah. you know, every everything is settled, you know, 
you know, DeMar's, you know, DeMar's good. Everybody's good. Everybody's happy. You know, it, you know, watching that, you know, the night before, you know, the Sabres the night before did a, had a little pregame thing and they did a, you know, you know, obviously before that people were doing moments of silence for him to be like, you know, just, you know, pray for him, get, you know, sure. help pull him through. Instead, this was like, no, he's good. And they had a moment of celebration. So like you know, right before the anthem. So everybody's already on their feet. Everybody's cheering and clapping and everything. And it's like, oh, this is perfect. This is exactly like how to handle something like this. And it was a mild, if I had, there's one complaint I had, I could have about the game yesterday. It's that Nance, Nance and Romo pr- must've prepared the whole week to be somber like for the whole broadcast because the entire like first quarter of the game they're just like doing the hush tones and talking about so it was you know it's a very big moment and i'm like this dude just ran a kickback like you know place is going bananas and like they're just kind of like you know and tony romo still got the very serious voice on and trying to break it i was like dude somebody tell him to lighten the lighten up man like it everybody's everything's good like just be just be excited for it don't you know don't break out the uh, you know the the grave injury voice for this stuff. Just like <laughs> we heard, you know, and the full marks. Uh, you know, a lot of people might not want to hear it, but full marks to Joe Buck and, and Troy Aikman for how they. Oh game. sure, one yeah. day, holy sm- I, What an impossible position! Lisa Salters on the sideline. Every like the 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 panel with Susie Culver and Booger McFarlane and you know uh, uh, Ryan Clark. Every you know everybody uh, Scott Van Powell, all the whole crew. What an Im- horrible, horrible spot to have to try to hold it together because th- all these people know these guys, or that you know, the, or they, you know, in Booger's case, he played, he knows what it's like. He's, you know, he's probably, you know, he's seen situations similar. You put yourself in that. You know, if you're a player, you put yourself in that spot. It's like, what, you know, what if, you know, what if that was me at some point? What if that's, you know, what if it's somebody that I know? You put yourself in that spot and you're just like, oh God, like, how do you, you can't process that? But like, uh, it's tough, man. It's so it's so hard, but like, you know, eventually Nansen and, and Romo snapped out of it, and they were they called a really good game. But it was just it was the whole beginning. It was like they prepared the whole week to be like be sad, you know, sad and 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 down. It was like no guys, no like the the place is party and they're they're singing the shout song after the touchdown. It's just like no, it's it it's party time. I think the best part about all of this the whole week is that generally when you get this kind of outpouring of love. It's usually sadly and tragically it's because somebody's passed. Mm-hmm. You know, you're remembering them. This was a celebration, like to your point, mm-hmm. because he's pulled through and God willing, he's going to continue to, and he's going to make a full recovery. Mm-hmm. But that's the best part. Usually, you know, the $8 million being raised and, you know, visuals all over the place and stuff like that. That's yeah. usually something that happens when somebody's gone. Right. And for him to be able to see this and know what everybody is given to him. And I'm not even talking about the money. I'm just talking about the prayers and the love. Yeah. That's like the single best part. And oh, you yeah. mentioned ESPN doing a great job and I c- couldn't agree more. I thought given the, the situation, having to react in real time is unbelievable. You know, I talked to a couple, obviously I have some relationships with some bills, media people. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, you know, the human aspect of it, you can say what you want about well, whoever, any reporter for the Bills, Sabres, or any team. You can, you can love them as a reporter. Mm-hmm. You can think they stink, that whatever. That's irrelevant. My point is this. They do develop. You just told me, what, you told us a half hour ago, 20 minutes ago, that about your conversation with Casey. You know, yeah. talking about the Vikings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You're kind of leading into my point by saying that. You've developed bonds and relationships with these players off mm-hmm. the ice. These guys develop to some extent 
a personal relationship with some of these guys off the field. They mm-hmm. spent a lot of time with them in the locker room, press conferences, sometimes, you know, charity events, things like that, that they cover and they get to know these guys well. Mm-hmm. And to see a guy go down like that, you know, I saw Sal Capaccio this week was on a, an interview with somebody and he was, it was really hard. You could just tell his eyes were, yeah. you know, heavy. And mm-hmm. I talked to Matt, Matt Perino's a good friend of mine. I've talked to Matt and he just talked about what a hard situation it is because they, they know Demar and they know, you know, the other guys and how much they were hurting. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, it's, it's the thing of, uh, of being in a job like this where, uh, you know, fans have the view, have the view of, of sports, like the, of athletes as you're out here to win games for us. You're here to entertain us. The human side of that disappears. That, right. And like, listen, that, I mean, I'm I'm as guilty of that as anything. Well, if I'm, if I'm you know, I'm, I'm fans of other sports. I sometimes lose myself in that idea. It's like, it's like, dude, well, you know, you cover sports, like you, you know what the you know what the deal is. Uh, and I, you know, I'm a lot cooler about things than I used to be. Let's put it that way. But when you like when you're in there, it's you know, it's you know, if a guy's going through it, if a guy's struggling, you know, in Sabre's case, if a guy's struggling or going through it, you're just like, man, just pull through it. Like get, you know, make a good play, get a goal, do, you know, get some, get some big stops, do whatever. Uh, Because you're, you're, you're pulling for, you're pulling for him, not because like, you know, from the wins loss perspective, but just like, you know, he's, you know, he's, he's struggling with it or he's, you know, he's kind of down about their play. Like you want him to just get, get over it, get through it and get back to, get back to being a, you know, playing well and being happy and, and doing all that because we, if there's a uniting human experience element, it's that I think everybody understands what it means to struggle with, with what you're doing at yeah. one, one thing or another, everybody knows what it's like to go through that. Um, it's, it's just on such a different level as a pro athlete because you're being like you have people watching everything you do and people being very critical of what you do all the time. And, you know, you can shut that out as best as you can, but it still gets through one way or another, you know, whether it's, you know, your buddies, you know, sending you a tweet or a story like, Hey, this guy's ripping you up or, or, you know, these people are saying this stuff like what, you know, what do you think of that? Things like that, where it's, you know, you can, you can try to shut it out, but like it's there and it's in the, the, the hard part is that, you know, it's there, but it's also in your own head thinking like, I know it's, I know what I'm not doing right. I know it's not going great. It's just kind of being snowed over with it. So it's, it's a big part of it. And that's why sports psychology is becoming such a a much more important thing across the board in all sports. But, um, but it's, and and props to Sean McDermott, by the way, for, for, for for promoting that saying it's, you know, he's got his guys talking to psychologists and counselors Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Go ahead. No, it's necessary. And, you know, and it's, it's, you know, Don Granado said something similar to, uh, along those lines saying, you know, having that vulnerability with, you know, with each other as, you know, as players in the room and all that to be able to, you know, to, to allow yourself to feel and to, and to, you know, to be open about yeah. those things. It's such a necessary thing because if you try to close that off, you're going to go nuts. I, I'm extremely guilty of, of, of doing that myself, but um, you know, it, it's, it, it's hard to do that, but like through that, like sort of, sort of shared experience where, you know, it's different levels, different, you know, you know, I, you know, people pay attention to stuff that I do, but I don't have millions of people, you know, screaming at me all the time saying like, you suck, you know, do better. Like and none of that stuff. Like, it's, it's not like that, but it, it, but in our own ways, in our own, in our own areas, we have those issues. Like, you know, if, if you're working in an office and you got some guy who's just busting your ass all the time, 
it's kind of like, well, just, I got to shut that guy up. You know, what yeah. can I do? Like, what can I do to do better to get that guy off my, get up, get that guy off my back or if it's a boss or a supervisor or whatever it is, you know, it's, it's, it's different levels, but that's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a shared sort of feeling because everybody has it in some way. It's just, you know, it's just for athletes and celebrities alike that it's on such a grander scale that it's, it's can be overwhelming. And, you know, like to, to just kind of, you know, so it's a thing like this happens and it's like, we've all had people, uh, you know, have go through stuff and you're just like, man, I, I hate to see that happen. And it's like, that's the kind of thing that everybody can understand it. And, you know, and I I think I wrote about it a little bit on noted hockey where I, uh, I said, sports is supposed to be the escape for people. Right. You did. Yeah. And real life hits you in the face like this. It's like, Oh, right. These guys are human. These are, you know, they are, you know, they're just like us. Like you see, you know, it it, would, the, the, the hardest thing to watch, because obviously we're not, we're not seeing, um, uh, you know, we're not seeing what they're doing to DeMar on the field, but you're seeing the guys, you know, very, you know, terrified. They're crying, you know, all the stuff. And you're seeing that you're like, Oh God, this is, this is horribly real. Like this is, this is terrible. So, you know, uh, it, it's one of those things where it's just, it all hits you at once. And you're just like, Oh God, this is a real thing. Like this is, this is a wholly real thing. And football, you know, sports doesn't mean anything right now. It's just, it's life. I, uh, I am, using this as a opportunity to to teach myself to humanize athletes more than I do, which I already should be considering. I, I talk about that all the time and I have mm-hmm. some experience covering teams as well. Now that's a work in progress. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be completely <laughs> honest because like there was a point on Sunday, there was one play during the bills game where uh, new England punted and the ball bounced and it hit Taiwan Jones in his foot. Yep. Ooh, he should have been 50 yards away from that play. There was right. never going to be a return. And I completely lost my shit on the TV. Mm-hmm. So again, I'm not going to lie. I'm a work in progress to realize that, Hey, it's a game and let's not, uh, you know, go over overboard right. uh, with it. But it, yeah, man, it, it, it's a process. And, and I did, I felt for a lot of these guys from the bills and the media who I know who, who had to, to see that again, you, you, you're covering a team. Your job is to be objective. You know, you can't be in the press box going, rah, rah, yeah, Casey scored. You're having a good game. He's turning it around. You're not doing that. Yeah. You know what I mean, you're covering him objectively. If the criticism is warranted, you're going to do it in a humane way. You know, you're not going to go right. over the top on him. But at the end of the day, you're not a human being. If this were to be, you know, God forbid, and hopefully never, we never see anything like this again, but if what happened tomorrow, if that was to happen, uh, I'm just, we're saying Casey Middlestad only because you brought up the bike. Right, 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 right. He's the name that stays fresh in my head. Mm. But if God forbid something like that happened, I would expect you to have a very emotional reaction because he's a, a person, a human being that you've mm. gotten to know as opposed to covering him as a hockey player. Right. You know, where you're not really putting that much emotion into how you cover him and, and cover the team. It's completely, completely different is, yeah. is what I'm getting at. So, uh, yeah, man, just a, a tough situation, and um, I, I thought a really good job by everybody yeah. all around and covering it. Quickly, before we get to the Sabres, because we got to talk a couple minutes, which, by the way, one of the biggest re- – I love having you on the show for so many reasons, but one of them is, like, you're the only guest that I could ever talk Sabres. You know, Eric <laughs> went on Friday, don't know shit about the Sabres. Joe Buffalo wins on Twitter. He don't know shit about the Sabres. He, he'll he won't tune into the Sabres once the bills are done. Yeah. He, Joe's, Joe's good for you know how. You know Joe. He, he's got some <laughs> bills. He, he can talk bills with you. He'll hold court. 
He's got lots of media hot takes and just media stuff in general. He's that's his cup of tea. Hockey's not, and he'll admit that he he doesn't like to, but he will. But anyway, we'll we'll get to the Sabres in a second. A couple things that I am worried about with the Bills now as we get ready for the playoffs. Uh, they only got one sack on Matt Jones, and it just didn't seem like there was a lot of pressure from the front four. Like they had to blitz a lot more than I'm used to seeing a, a Bills team blitz. I that's got to be better. They got to get after the quarterback, mm-hmm. which kind of leads to this secondary. Now I think Teron Johnson was amazing on Sunday. I think he's one of the most underrated defensive backs in the entire NFL. He's Mm -hmm. great. But aside from him, the Bills secondary was kind of a mess, man. Trey White, he had a nice interception. He doesn't look terrible, but he's not all the way back. I Mm -hmm. hate to bring up anything football-related from the Bengals game, but in that one drive, in the beginning of a second drive, he was getting cooked. Uh, Jamar Chase cooked. Tyler Boyd cooked him for a touchdown. Jamar Chase. Tough matchup, yes. Real tough matchup. That's what I'm saying. You know, you got an elite quarterback and an elite receiver. That could have been Jalen Ramsey. That could have been almost any corner. So I'm not going to put him to the coals right now because of that. Brand new knee, too. Like, that's... But he's still... Right. He looks a little... He he doesn't look like the Trey White, the all-pro Trey White of a couple years ago. And now he doesn't look terrible, but he's still getting back. Let's just Mm -hmm. put it that way. He's not all the way back. Um, Dane Jackson goes without saying... You know, it is what it is with him. Mm-hmm. Kyrie Elam has been injured on and off. He's had a hard time getting on the field. Didn't do himself any favors on yeah, Sunday. He got beat for a long touchdown. Uh, Jordan Poyer is awesome, but he's been grinding it out. He's not been healthy all year. It was the elbow, mm-hmm. now it's the knee. So this guy's playing through a lot of pain. So he's mm-hmm. not quite 100%. And, uh, you know, I hate he, to say it because again, Marlo steps in and he was he was okay. He's all right, but which again leads to kind of having having no choice but to talk about the football aspect. What matters is Demar Hamlin, the human being, survived and he's going to be okay, mm-hmm. and God willing, is going to have a nice, healthy, productive life. Mm-hmm. But for the purpose of this conversation, you got to talk football. Demar mm-hmm. Hamlin, who took over from Micah Hyde, is no Micah Hyde, but Demar Hamlin was. A pretty good. good young ascending safety, a guy that I felt pretty good back there. Mm-hmm. He's out. He's he's obviously done for the season, if not for his career. Right. And to your point, Dean Marlowe, who wasn't even active for the last four or five weeks, mm-hmm. is not only active, but now he's your starting free safety. So wasn't tested against the Patriots, but you can bet your ass he will be against Miami. I don't care if it's Tua or Teddy Bridgewater or Dan Marino throwing the football, <laughs> Don Schrock, I don't care who it is. They're, they're going new test. The Bills uh, deep in the middle of the secondary with Dean Marlowe. So, you know, defensively, there are you you hit on it earlier. I I think there's concerns with this team going forward. There's yeah. uh, they're not playing. If you could take if you could take the ball over away three times like you did on Sunday, then I don't give a shit. You know, yeah. I'll take three turnovers and you can look mm-hmm. like shit the rest of the game. But they're going to have to tighten things up to go far in the playoffs defensively. Yeah, yeah it, I. If if Skylar Thompson has to be the guy at quarterback for the Bills, I feel very good. Or for the Dolphins, I feel very good about the Bills' chances because that dude couldn't do crap against the Jets. And Jets defense is Jets fine. defense is good. Uh, yeah, but, but like I I think you know, like, it was a home game for Miami and he can't do any, like and I know and like, the season's on the line, right? And you know uh, Tyreek Hill's a little bit banged up. You know Waddle seems to be banged up a little yep. bit. He Mostert's pretty good though. Mostert looks. Mostert's Mostert might be the most dangerous guy Buffalo's gonna have to deal with because the Buffalo run defense has been sketchy. He certainly was and a couple Mostert, weeks ago. Mostert looked nasty, yeah, a couple weeks ago. So it, I don't know. It, it's it, it feels like a game Buffalo should run all like should should absolutely kill them. But 
on the other side of it, you know, if, if two is somehow healthy and plays that, that, I mean, that changes things up a bit. And I'm like, not that I would trust the Miami medical team, for anything, say, but might play, I wouldn't call him healthy, but right. I mean, he won't play be in the game, but like, he's not healthy, but like, yeah. but it's a, it's a huge, it's a, such a huge difference. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is okay. He played okay against Buffalo, see. but, um, but obviously it, it's on Hill. It's, it's on Waddle. It's on Moster to, to, to be the dangerous guys on there. It takes a quarterback to facilitate it, but there's, there's sufficient reasons to worry about Buffalo on the defensive side, offensive side. I don't, I don't really sweat it too much. I, you know, I don't Singletary fumble like whenever it's, it's yeah, whatever, just it's steal with it. Like, it, it, you know, Gabe Davis looks not great. He's, lost. he's, just he's, not, he's not mentally confident or is there's something no. going on with this guy. He hasn't taken that next step. He dropped, by the way, he dropped a 51. We talked about yeah. big plays, Brown mm-hmm. digs. Gabe Davis dropped a 51-yard touchdown. Yeah. There's so. uh, also that sideline play where he just doesn't put his feet down. Like, what, yeah. like, what do you, like, like, dude, that's your like, that's literally your job. Like, that's get your feet down instead. He's just yeah, he's in his not. own head this year for some. There's, yeah. it's got to be some. Maybe his ankle and his foot is just not maybe. quite healed, and that's been on his mind. But yeah, I don't it's know. Just, it's that, that, that's why everybody was ready to crown him after the Chiefs game playoff game last year and i was like i don't know that's why i was you guys I, well i know you were you were definitely you were not alone though like you're were, you're were definitely right. not alone on it. i was like i don't know man. let's see what he does for a whole season and it's been tough i mean injuries change that up but but yeah i i, I it's very hard for me to buy into miami it's, it's it's extremely hard and i know their defense is not bad it's not a bad defense but i don't know it's it's just there's nothing to like about really how they're set up right now. It's a lot of bad vibes. Just it's just they're not they're not they, they look like a team going into the playoffs getting ready to get murdered by forty. <laughs> I hope you're <laughs> that's, right. That's what they look like to me, like whether it's whether they are playing Buffalo or or anybody else, maybe not Jacksonville, but like if they're anybody else that like playing Buffalo or Cincinnati, like they, they're losing by 40. Well, ob- objective time with uh talking Buffalo is over because it's the playoffs. So I'm going to be true to myself. <laughs> I hope Miami does lose by 40. I'll tell you though, here's the, there's one thing about Miami that concerns me the most. First of all, they're, they are a divisional team. You, this is the third time that they've mm-hmm. seen each other. You're not going to fool them. Um, I think to a, it's too early. I'm just, I, yeah. I'm not going to declare this dude out. I just, I seen it already where he came back literally against Buffalo where he had no mm-hmm. business coming back into the game. Everything's on the line. It's the playoffs. If, if they're going to cut some corners to get him on the field, it, it wouldn't stun me. But anyway, regardless of who's playing they're quarterback. RG, dude, they're going to RG3 his career. They're going to they're gonna put him not. out there in a situation he doesn't, they shouldn't be in. As much and, as that, the as whole thing about RG3. Thing makes me so mad because Washington had garbage turf and they're just like, yeah, whatever, just put him out there. It blows his knee out again. Yeah. Look, as, as much as I hate the Miami Dolphins and as much as Tua reminds me of a Russ Wilson, just <laughs> I just don't buy the sincerity. I just, I think when people are that nice, even if they are, I just don't buy it. Even if they really truly are, and that's really who they are. I just don't believe anybody's ever that nice. But anyway, I just, um, it, it, the quarterback, regardless of the quarterback, because you have Tyreek Hill and because you have Waddle and other speed um, mm-hmm. at the receiver position, you have, to, you have to respect their pass catchers, which mm-hmm. gets to my point. If there's one thing I am concerned about, Mike McDaniel, I thought, did a terrible job coaching when they came here on Saturday yeah. night a handful of weeks ago because mm-hmm. Miami was having outstanding success running the ball. You mentioned yep. Mostert. He was the best player for Miami that game. Yep. The Bills were having a hell of a time trying to stop him. Mm-hmm. and 
I just think back to that game. And if Miami coaches smarter this time around, especially because I think Teddy Bridgewater is going to end up being the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to try to run the football a lot between Wilson and sure. Moser. They're going to ugly the game up. They're going to get mm-hmm. physical. They're going to run the ball. And the Bills, who have struggled stopping the run and who do like to play a nickel defense almost 100% of the time, mm-hmm. they're going to have to commit to stopping the run. And, you know, you don't have to be the greatest quarterback, but when you got Tyreek Hill one-on-one with some of the guys that we mentioned that are struggling or Jalen Waddle, there's an opportunity there to make big plays. Um, I'm not scared of Miami. Like I I would have rather played Miami. Pittsburgh was the one team I didn't want to play in the first round. Not that I was even scared of them, but they got past, they got enough weapons. They got good running backs. They got guys like a TJ Watt can can ruin a game, you know, Mm -hmm. and Micah Fitzpatrick can make a big play. Yeah. So, I was, uh, you know, I wanted to play. I wanted to play hot there at the end. So, you know, yeah, and they played well. Trubisky. Right. So I'm not scared of Miami. I expect the Bills to handle them, but I also wouldn't be stunned if they commit to running the football if it ends up being a a better game than uh, than I expected. I'll talk about this game. All, yeah. I'm sure I'll be talking yeah. about it. I think all if, week if, long. If Miami's if Miami's smart, they they commit to running the ball because you got the way to handle Buffalo is to eat clock on them and keep the offense off the field. Yeah, like that. That's the it sucks to do it. It's not fun to play. Like, you know, offensive linemen love it because it means they get to slap guys around all day with, you know, running the ball. But, um, but that's how you got to beat them. Like, it's, it's like the, it's the old Super Bowl 25 playbook from the Giants. Just run the ball, work the clock, keep the offense off, keep their offense off the field because that's what's going to beat you. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let me give you one last hot take here. And then I want to move on and finish with some Sabres talk. I almost, if I'm a Bills fan, I almost want Tua to play. Even though Tua was way better than, than Teddy Bridgewater. Here's mm-hmm. the thing. Tua's been hurt multiple times. That can't not be on your mind. Right. If you're Tua, I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. He has not even practiced in three weeks. Yep. So he would have maybe a practice or two at the most before he has to come to Buffalo. A crazy environment. Yep. And whether that's going to be 30 degrees or lower for sure. Mm-hmm. and uh, that's a bad environment to come in, and Mike McDaniel just can't help himself. If you got two out there, mm-hmm. he's going to throw the ball. Before Tua got this third concussion, it's officially a second. I don't care what anyone says. It's his right. third concussion this year. He was throwing so many bad interceptions, interceptable balls, yep. just opportunities for the defense to make plays. Now, he'll hit you those timing passes, but if he don't get that first guy, if he locks it on that first guy and it's not there and he's got to go to his second, his third progressions, 
I think Tua becomes a very mediocre quarterback who makes a lot of mistakes. Here's my point, though. If you go to Teddy Bridgewater, you can't throw the football a lot with Teddy Bridgewater. You mm-hmm. have no choice but to commit to the run. Mm-hmm. And a team that can run the football, control the clock, like you said, that scares me more than Tua slinging the ball over the field. Let mm-hmm. Tua sling the ball over the field. They'll turn it over three times. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's Plus, I mean, listen, the, the concussion thing, it's it's like the, you know, it's the, it's the elephant in the room with with him, but when he came back from, uh, I think it had to be the one after the build. No, uh, what's the one after? I, I don't know. Which <laughs> there was one that he came back Which from, one? and, he, and he didn't look any. He did not look the same. And it was, it was the it was the decision making. Now, it, it, yeah, it's defenses you know doing their job, but also it was like he's not he's not making the the this like the same smart calls. He wasn't doing the same thing. You're just kind of like, is this guy okay? And it's and it's just stuck in the back of your mind. You're like, I don't know if he's right yet. If the Dolphins are smart, they make sure he's absolutely a hundred percent good to go, and then you can play him. But if you if they if if he's like even if you're even like 60, 40, 60, 40, 70, 30 on him playing, playing, not playing, I wouldn't do it. I, I just be like, listen, it, it stinks. He's our guy, but like we're not putting him at risk. We can we can get back there again next year. Like that, yeah, you gotta look you don't want to punt on the season, but you also don't want to kill your your franchise guy. Yeah, I agree 100%. I, I hope they don't play him. Forget the football aspect. I don't want to see the guy get his potentially get his life ruined. And mm-hmm. you got to look at the big picture. Anyway, all right, a couple minutes of Sabres. I, I got a couple of things at least I wanted to hit on. As, as we're taping this, by the way, I need to say this now at this point of the podcast. We're taping this late Monday afternoon. Um, In advance, the, the Sabres do play on Monday night. They're playing off Philly. We're in the goat heads, so that means they're going to score six goals. You don't even need to watch the game. You already turned us on on Tuesday. You know they scored six goals. Uh, the Sabres are just four points out of a wild card spot with a few games in hand as well. 2015 and two through 37 games, and they've won eight of their last nine, again, as we tape this before the Philly game. You and Lance talked about on uh, Maintenance Day podcast, uh, something that I didn't think I'd hear out of your mouth, but... <laughs> it, it looks like I am. I have, and by the way, I, I told Joe before we started taping, I said I have intentionally not listened to this week's uh, maintenance day yet. So make sure you guys do, because I wanted to talk to you first before I went back, because I already knew I wanted to talk to you about this uh, Sabres playoff talk with with Joe Yurden and Lance Lazowski. Got to elaborate on that a yeah. little bit, because you're yeah. not the person I would expect to hear that from. <laughs> well, I the 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 whole point of the conversation was, and I kicked it off this way. I said, I you know, I, Lance is it do we have to have do we have to start having conversations about this because you know they're four points they're four points back of a wild card spot right now well you know pre before before this game mm-hmm. uh on monday uh with four games in hand on the team ahead of them i think it's uh i think they have like four in hand on the rangers or like there's a couple of teams, they, they have a ton more games to go they've had a couple postponed so it's mm-hmm. you know, they, they got to play catch up at the end but uh, this is, uh, you're in a spot right now where it's like, and you know, all we could do is compare it to past teams, you know, teams that have been close to this in similar situations, whatever. And the thing that we kept coming back to was that this team is not at all like any of those teams, you know, uh, the, the, you know, the, the team that won 10 games in a row and you're like, Oh my God, here they go. It's coming. Or the team that was tied with, uh, with Tampa going into going into like December, like middle of December. And you're like, Oh man, like they're, you know, they're right there with the lightning here, you know, here they go. It's t- you know, it's, it's go time. Everything's turning around and then, you know, they fall apart. Lightning in Tampa goes on fire. And then, you know, Sabres completely 
crap the bed and it's done. Uh, and then, you know, I think back to like the, uh, the 16, 17 team where they were two points out of a, uh, of, of a playoff spot going into coming out of their bye week. And they had games at Arizona, uh, Colorado and Arizona. And that was Colorado's the season. They put up 48 points. They were horrible. And Arizona was Arizona and they lost to both of them. And then the season was done after that. Like they had, they had nothing left to like, they were just like, Oh, we, well, we blew it. <laughs> and then they, they played like they, they were in their heads and they, they, they blew it the whole rest of the season. So this team, there are only what for, at least from that 16, 17 team, there are two guys left. Kyle Pozo's Emgus Gergensen's that's it. Yeah. There's nobody else from that team that's around, even the teams from like 19, you know, 2019, 20, 2018, 19, like teams that had these, these runs you know, with, you know, with Ralph or Phil or whoever, even those teams have huge turnover. Like there's still not a lot of guys left over from those teams. You know, you're talking about adding Darlene or adding Middlestad or adding, you know, Thompson or whoever. Uh, th- this is such a different group compared to any of those. And they don't have that experience. They don't care about the history, right? right? You can't come at this group and say, well, you know, it's been 11 seasons and there's been no playoffs. Like you can't come. They're like, okay, well, cool. 11 years ago, I was, you know, your own power 11 years ago i was nine <laughs> you know like jj paterga 11 years ago oh i was 10 cool great like that's puts you in your place thinking about you know how to how to address this team um and, and you know like all these guys like none of that matters to them that like history doesn't matter to them so that's good it's just how they're playing now and the the way that they play with the offense and it's so it puts pressure remember how every basically every season before this it was always how do you prepare for another team like how do you know how do you how do you how do, like you know what's your way of uh of uh, how to handle a team and it's like well we got to play our game and then what would end up happening well you end up getting stuck playing the other team's game because the other team is the good team mm-hmm. and you know you're stuck playing a style of play that you can't that you don't want to play and one that they've mastered and they're going to beat your ass all over the ice about it. What happened against the wild? The wild didn't want to play the game. The Sabres played. They don't want to play that up and down style of game on the ice. What happened? They tried to do it. They effed around and found out they can't do that. Like that's not, that's not how they should win games. And Dean Evison even said that after the game, he's like, we didn't want it to be a track meet. And it turned out it was a really long track tonight. So, you know, it's, it's the Sabres have been able to make teams play their game. Even when, even when they try to, you know, teams have been trying to like stifle them up. You know, Pittsburgh's done it. You know, uh, Vegas tried to do it. LA tried to do it. Like all these teams try to bottle them up in the middle and and dare them to try to carry the puck in. Well, at some point, it's gonna change. And then the Sabers have been patient enough to 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 know when to not push the button and when to push it because they've been able to force some of these teams to break out of that. You can't throw the wall up on the red line if they're running past you, dumping the puck into the corner, and then you can't catch up to them. And then you're like, oh, crap, where'd everybody go? Like, you're just scrambling in your own zone trying to find where everybody is. But Sabres, Sabres players already know where everybody else is. They know where they're, everybody's on the same page so much that it, it makes it very hard to deal with them, especially the, the, the Skinner, Tuck, Thompson line. Like, those guys know exactly where everybody's going to be, which is bananas <laughs> because you because you you, you, you don't expect I, I don't know maybe i don't expect it because i never saw it before here really you know jack and sam kind of had that sometimes but not really um 
But with these guys, like even some of the other, like, you know, the kid, you know, cousins, Paterka and uh, Quinn, like those guys kind of have that going. The Minnesota game, Tuck, Middlestat, and Olofsson looked fantastic. That, that was easily the, the, their best game of the season by far. By far, by far, by far. And then, you know, uh, Krebs, Gergensen, and Opozo, there's the same thing every night. You're going to get the same effort out of them. They're going to play really good hockey every game. Find me a season where you could say you had at least every night three lines you could you could say are going to be on their they're going to be on their stuff. One line might be off, and then you just say, okay, well they'll take some of their minutes away. Whatever other line's going, they're going to get them, yeah. and then you're good. Like you're good with it. Like that's, and then you got Darlene and Samuelson playing like 25 minutes a night, 25 28 minutes a night, and then you got Power and Clegg right now playing the other tw- like 22 minutes a night, and it's like there's you know there's two thirds of the game, more than two thirds of the game right there. So you don't have to sweat a lot of this stuff. It's, it's a different team and the, the goaltending has been good. UPL has been fantastic. So like it, it's, it, it, you know, and Anderson's been great too. Like it's, let's not take that away from him either. Like Anderson's been awesome too. So, you know, Comrie's coming, but we'll see. Um, but it's, it's, everything's going right now. I mean, you don't win eight and nine without having everything go, but like, it, it, you can start having the playoff talk because I just, you know, knock on wood, unless there's a, you know, a, an injury apocalypse here, it, this team's going to keep playing this kind of hockey the rest of the way. And it's going to be interesting to see how it changes or, or doesn't change or how it, how it finds itself away, you know, going down the road the rest of the way. Cause there's going to be hard games coming. There's going to be some hard trips. Uh, you know, there's going to be adversity. There always is, but um but this team's learned a lot of stuff already this year. And even going back to last season, they learned a lot. But like this year, they're finally learning how to put away games and, they're how, and how to hold down games too. So that's that to me is the biggest tell because there's been so many games this year where, you know, I've said it like I, I, it basically three, two of those games on that, that trip out West, the, the Colorado game, the Vegas game were games that's like those, they, they lose those games last yeah. season. They absolutely lose those games last season. But they didn't because they, you know, they held it, held it down. They got the goaltending, and then you know, you get a clutch goal here or there. Like that's that's what happens. The, even like the, the last four games, like the, the the Boston game, they have any business winning that game? No. Like they had a lead, they blew it, came back, tied it, and win it in OT. Washington game, same thing. Had a lead, blew it, came back, tied it, got it in overtime, won it. Minnesota game, exact same thing. Like. Teams that teams that are just kind of flashes in the pan don't do that repeatedly, and they don't do it against great teams like that. Yeah, I'll tell you why. Win or lose, my favorite part is that they're fun to watch. You put on that TV, you 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 tune in the game, you're going to get an entertaining uh, two and a half hours. And speaking of, you know, use that word bananas. Rasmus Stalin the other night, two goals, five points. You know what I was thinking, Joe. I would have paid money to be around our our friend, uh, Jill Thompson, a.k.a. <laughs> Sabres Bunny on Twitter. I kept imagining see her, her knowing how she is with, with Rasmus and seeing him have a five-point night like that. I kept thinking back to uh, would explode. like being in the diner at Harry <laughs> Met Sally, like that scene in the diner with Rasmus Dahlin putting up five points on the <laughs> <laughs> just going nuts and losing it. Um, This guy is so much fun. Fun man, he's third in the NHL among defensemen in points. Again, as we take this, forty-four points. He's behind only Eric Carlson and uh, Josh Morrissey, and then he's uh, second in goals with twelve, which is just one off from Carlson. Again, as we mm-hmm. take this, and by the way, also early on Monday afternoon before we started taping this, named the NHL's third star of the week. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, I don't even want to say progression anymore because he's here. 
You know, he's here. He's one of the best defensive players in the league, one of the best skaters in the league, one of the best puck Mm -hmm. handlers in the league, and one of the most fun players to watch in this entire league. It's easy to bring up the Sabres and always talk about Tage Thompson, who's been absolutely magnificent again. Mm -hmm. But, man, Rasmus Dahlin, dude, he's a beast. It's just fun to watch him right now. The the wake-up calls that we saw from Thompson and Dahlin last season where – the light bulbs like i mean thompson's a whole other story like that's that let's not get that confused but like with darlene we saw those the flashes of it in the past you know yeah. the, his rookie season he was put up tons of points he looked really good for that uh the ralph years whatever forget them don't think about them ever again <laughs> no need no need to ponder what happened during those years those are the dark ages because now like this is what he was supposed to be mm-hmm. this, this is what when they drafted him first overall this was the guy that that was supposed to be that was supposed to happen right this is what this is what he is this is exactly who he is and now he's got the attitude to go with it like he's he's in a i don't he's got the i i don't give a shit mentality he's like yeah. you don't like me fine whatever F- screw you like i'm just gonna do this like he's 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 incredible it's it's incredible to watch him and it's makes me feel smug because i'm just kind of like no this I knew this guy was in there. Like I knew this guy had this capability. I knew it was there. You'd, you could see it when he was a kid, you know, in junior or not junior playing in Sweden. You're just looking at the game. You're just like, this guy's on a whole nother level when it comes to playing offense, when it comes to doing this, his defensive game is, is really good now, but like the offensive game is, is top tier, absolutely top tier. And it's, it's something else, man. Like it's, it's a, it's it's a very <laughs> was it Iron Mike Sharp pat myself on the back thing from <laughs> the old yeah. days like yeah. I that that's a gift that I bust out every now and again but um <laughs> but like that it's just kind of like no man like I've been telling you guys like it's there just give them give them the re- give them the opportunity to show it and you know it, I <laughs> you talked about him I, a lot I, on I, this I, podcast with with his when he was having slow starts early in his career yeah. too, and you were talking about. I bet you it's so frustrating. Me, I bet you it was a lot of it to do mentally, and uh, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it mean, seems it, like that was obvious. You were obviously right now because you could mm-hmm. just tell the confidence and and the mental state he's in playing the game right now from game one this year has been mm-hmm. night and day over the last couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, obviously when, when your confidence is up, you, you play better no matter what, because you're just kind of, yeah, I can do this. Mm-hmm. Because if there's any doubt in your mind, you're going to be like, mm, I don't know. And then you hesitate. Then, you know, uh, something that you would do naturally instinctually uh, isn't there. Then you're too late to do it. Yeah. Uh, in his case, he's like that, that block is no longer there. And I mean, that block is probably the voice of Ralph Kruger saying, don't you dare go past the blue line with the puck, but it's, it's, or, you know, get your ass back on defense. Like, like those are the blocks in his head where it's kind of like, am I doing this wrong? Have I been playing defense wrong my whole life? Right. You know, what's going wrong? You know, what's going on here? Instead, Don's just kind of like, no, man, you, you know what to do. You know what you're, mm. you know, what you're capable of. And then, you know, he has, uh, you have Samuelson next to him who just takes care of business on defense. So like, it's the perfect setup like that. You know, it, 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 it could not be a more ideal setup for them right now. And, you know, Samuelson's kind of the secret, the, the, you know, the secret guy that unlocks it. But like, I mean, it's it's something else. It's 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 pretty amazing to watch that. The only thing I can I can get in my mind is like and obviously I wasn't here to cover that team. But like this must have been this must be similar to like what it was in 0506 where you're just kind of like, whoa, this team is fun. Yeah, a ton of goals. They play with a ton of pace. Like, 
this is unexpected. I mean, you were hoping this could happen with this team. I think that, you know, the, the, some of the signs were there last year, but, but now that they're doing it and you're like, Oh, we thought this might happen next year. Now it's happened on this year. Like, oh, okay. Let's go. Well, I think that's, it, that's why we could have, we can start having that playoff discussion. I think it's a great, uh, you know, circling all the way back to your Detroit lions. I, I think in a way it's kind of similar because they're fun to watch but you don't want, you're so guarded still. It's like, yeah. like comparing them to the Sabres from that time frame, the Sabres won a lot. You know what I mean? They were a successful team, whereas this team has to prove it. But in terms of the product on the ice, yeah, absolutely. Uh, very similar. One last question, I'm going to let you go. Which, by the way, again, we're getting late in the afternoon and Joe's got to get to the arena to cover a, a, a game tonight. Circle back to Tate Thompson one last mm-hmm. time. You know, I've, I've been thinking about this a lot. So, during the offseason, he gets the big extension, the long-term deal. And I think most Sabres fans liked the deal at the time, but there was also a pretty decent contingent of people who said, you know, the guy's had one good year. He hasn't proved worthy of this type of contract. And I'm like, all right, well, if you would have told me, so Joe, if we would have had this podcast, you know, this episode, let's say we were taping this in August or September, sometime mm-hmm. before the season started. I said, Tage Thompson will follow up his breakout season of last year and getting a big deal and he's going to score 31 goals this year. I think the average Sabres fan would have said, you know what? I'll take that. It's not the best year, but it's a good year. You know, uh, he's getting that contract. He's proven that it was no fluke last year Mm -hmm. and he's worthy of this money. I think most people would have, 80% of fans I think would have signed up for 31 goals. Well, he's got 31 goals already this year. And we're not even, we're 37 games for the Sabres. They're literally not even at the halfway point of the season. And he's got 31 goals. He's third in the NHL in goals. And uh, I think he's like fifth in points. By the way, side note, (laughs) Connor McDavid, dude, 76 points. He's got 14 more points than the guy who's in second. Yeah. already and we're not even halfway through the points you want to talk about someone who's his teammate is his teammate so i mean he's quite literally running away with the scoring race so you don't need to spend any time if you're a tage stops a guy wondering if tage might win the scoring title that shit ain't gonna happen as long as connor mcdavid stays healthy anyway point being though you sign up for 31 goals before the season i do you think most sabers fans would have said yes yeah oh yeah 100 percent they, they might be disappointed that it's like, ah, well, you had 38 the year before. I will take 30, though. Like, I think that I think that's an easy say yes. Like, you want to see more, but like, you also be like, oh, I can understand if he doesn't get as many. I, I would get that. But yeah, I, I, I think before the season, you ask people, he's like, well, he, he scores 31, yes or no? Like, mm, yeah, I'll take it. I, I think that I think that's an easy yes. Yeah, I do too. I, I, I mean, if you want to get greedy and say like, no, I think you could put up 40 or you could put up 50. Like, okay. I mean, I sure. Like why not? But like now he's on a pace for what? 65. Like, yeah. I mean, come it's on. Ridiculous, it's bananas. I keep saying bananas, but it's bananas. It, it really is. All right, folks. Well, that's going to put a wrap on it for this episode. I want to thank Joe Yurder for joining us. And again, if you haven't done so already, make sure you go to his uh Substack, notedhockey.substack.com measly five bucks per month man trust me when i tell you it's worth it or you can do 50 bucks for the year 50 bucks and a penny for the year and you could be joe's editor for a story as long as it's like at least semi-reasonable anyway yeah uh, please please make it a hockey story too like that make make it a hockey story and i'll tell you man again it would have been nice to have a a show next week where we could have talked about a bill's playoff game and a detroit lions playoff game but 
it was okay. still it was a good season for Detroit. Better days are certainly ahead for them. Hopefully, better days are ahead for the Sabres as well. Mm-hmm. And there's still time to make some noise. But anyway, thanks as always, Joe. Good to have you back on, man. Yeah, it's it was fun. It was, it was good to be back. And, you know, the best part of uh, the NFL playoffs is we don't have to talk about a Green Bay Packers playoff game. <laughs> talk to you later, guys.